0: which bothers some men. The word itself makes some men uncomfortable. Vagina. Oh, yeah? Yes, they don't like hearing it and find it difficult to say, whereas without batting an eye, a man will refer to his dick, or his rod, or his... Johnson. Johnson? All right, Mr. Lebowski. Let's get down to cases. My father told me he agreed to let you have the rod, but as it was a gift from me to my late mother, it was not his to give. Now, your face. As for this kidnapping huh yes I know all about it and I know that you acted as courier let me tell you something the whole thing stinks to high heaven
1: yeah right but but let me explain something about the rug do
0: you like sex mr. Lebowski excuse
1: me
0: sex the physical act of love coitus do you like it
2: I was talking about my rug
0: you're not interested in sex
1: you mean coitus?
0: I like it too. It's a male myth
1: This is Gutterball. The Lebowski Deepcast. Like, oh, it's a heist movie. No, it's a stoner movie. In each episode, Brad and Adam discuss a single minute of The Big Lebowski. It allows life to exist in
2: the bleak, black emptiness of space.
1: Providing insight. I don't know when she said that. <laughs>
2: Maybe Saint Sneaker comes and like puts little trinkets
1: in the- Commentary! He's found himself in a world turned upside down! Flare, <laughs> flare, 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 And conjecture! It looks like the pool is empty!
2: They shot it all at a green screen! You can't do a pickup! And now... Gutter <laughs> Brad? Adam? Hello. Hi. You people- wouldn't believe the things i've seen
1: which people are those
2: attack ships on fire off the shoulder of orion i've seen sea beams glitter in the dark but near the tenhauser gate all of these moments brad will be lost in time like tears in rain time to die
1: that's a really long opening catchphrase
2: Yeah, you don't think it'll work? Should I try to condense it a little bit? You don't think every time I should just open with that? Uh, I don't think so. Well, I bought Blade Runner just so I could watch that 30-second clip over and over. I probably watched it 20 times last night, laying in bed as I
1: fell asleep. For the sole purpose of memorizing it?
2: I want to have it as part of myself so that I can recall it any time like learning the guitar or you know learning how to cook or whatever it's a skill that you should be able to have at least that's how I feel it's Rutger Hauer Harrison Ford I mean come on it's the best that that's possibly the best dying scene of any movie well Bubba Bubba and Forrest Gump why'd this happen Forrest you know, that's pretty good, too. I like, I like Bubba.
1: What about Donnie?
2: Donnie is kind of anticlimactic. You know, he's just laying there.
1: Well, that's what's so perfect about it.
2: Well, it may be more real, but I don't watch movies for reality, man. If, if I did that, then I really would have loved Only God Forgives. But that comes later. We'll, talk, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. For now, we have some business to get down to.
1: Some serious business.
2: Serious fucking business, man. I think the first order of business, Brad, is... Yes, Adam. Yes, what? Yes, who? Adam. Seth? Mm-hmm. Seth? Sorry. Oh, damn uh, it, man. Just forget it. Shit. It's You'll not gonna... be Adam w- to me. Wasn't gonna hold. That shit wasn't gonna hold. First order Wait. of business... Yes, I don't mean to interrupt you. Please continue. Go. You had something. You were going to say no, something. No, no, There's nothing. I'm just interrupting you. I don't care. We, First Order Business, we have to introduce a very special guest on the show. We, we're the type of podcast that has guests that are just jo- itching, jonesing to come on the show. We have to beat them away. This is, you know, the, the third no fourth guest that we fifth guest that we've had that's like every every eight episodes we have a guest nine even maybe so that may be more accurate i always forget where is this 45
1: this is 45 damn it this is worth a celebration
2: holy shit Welcome to a very special episode 45. This should be the clip show, actually. Let's cancel all this and make this the clip show. And I'll just edit some clips together.
1: I think the next to the last episode is the clip show, personally.
2: I think the next to the ten last episodes should all be clip shows. You don't want it to end. We should just do, like, ten clip shows in a row. And then do the last part of the credits. Anyway, welcome, Laura.
1: How are you?
3: Hello, how are you? Excellent. I'm excited to be on the podcast.
1: I'm excited to have you here. I'm excited. I think it's...
3: Oh, I'm already interrupting. Terrible? Excited
1: is not a
2: strong enough word. It's not a strong (laughs) enough word to express how I feel about having
1: you here.
3: Well, that's good. I'm excited to talk about Maude. I've been waiting so patiently. It's the,
1: perfect, it's the perfect episode to have you on. That's right. Because she's pretty arty. Aren't you pretty arty? Oh,
2: pretty Lauren? arty,
3: yeah. Aren't you pretty arty? Don't you do some art? <laughs> That's right.
2: <laughs> well, well, let's start. You had some revisiting, so why don't we uh, oh, give you the honor of leading off with some revisits? Because re- I've got some revisits.
3: I, I guess the first question with the revisits, does it have to be lebowski related.
2: I don't think there's there's it's I, not I, I nom, Laura. There's no rules here.
3: I know, here. I just I was just checking cuz I really want to revisit some sticks.
2: <sighs> All right.
3: <laughs>
2: That's fine. I have some things to say about this that pertain in particular to you to fine people. So, go ahead.
3: I mean, really there're can never be enough sticks revisiting, in, in my opinion. That's great. Opinion.
2: One, that's nice. Very
1: nice. I think we're on the verge of spinning off to uh, oh, having God. an entirely separate sticks podcast. Jesus probably. Christ.
3: I mean, I just feel like sticks <sighs> had such a presence for so long in our college experience that.
2: Jesus Christ.
3: I mean, I actually did not know sticks as a band at all. Until that's the shittiest thing you. you've ever said that's I know. the shittiest thing no, you've I remember ever said we went for a ride in your car and there were all these this is probably the first time I had met you and there were just all these tapes in your car <laughs> and they were all sticks tapes
2: why do you so hurt many, me
3: so many tapes why, and they were why do you want to tapes? hurt me they're white cassette tapes
2: no they were beige Maybe, due be- to know, sitting dark. in the sun for a long time You know, and overplaying and getting hot in the, you know, tape player. They had turned to they probably started out white, but they were beige at that point.
3: And I was just like, what is, is this a band? Like, what, what, what is this? I've never even heard of it.
1: Now, did their music confound you the way it did me? Well, it's just. Like, have you figured them out yet?
3: I was, you know, I was, I was really agreeing. I didn't, I really now want to see that clip from Regis and Kathy Lee of this alternate sticks because like they're just this very strange mix of like musicals and like you know hard rock and rock or something but not hard rock and rock I guess kind of like that um, arena, arena rock mixed with like a musical
2: it's not a musical theatricality maybe I guess but really, Queen had the corner on the theatricality market, right. and for That's that matter, I, Kiss. But Sticks—they exist in their own separate universe.
3: Yeah, I mean, but just all the—I guess too, all the movies, you know, that they have. What was the Mister Roboto movie? It's not um... Or it's a rock in opera. In yeah.
2: Caught in the a- I see how this is going to go already. I'm not making I'm fun, gonna be fun of it. The one I'm just here.
3: saying it's—it's it's very musical-like.
2: All right, well, here, let me, let me spin you a little yarn here. Sticks-related yarn, if you will. So, I feel like there's an inverse relationship. And it's, it's time and sticks love based. And so when... Now, we know each other, the three of us. When you two first met me and for that matter my brother Dave we were on the tail end of our Styx love trajectory so you know, what's this 97 now like we still liked them but our like and love of Styx was based more and more with each passing week or month was based more and more on nostalgia than actual like We love these guys. Their music's so awesome. When you guys were first introduced to them, you know, because you're a bunch of fucking liars saying you'd never heard of them before, but that's fine, whatever. We'll let you keep up your little little fallacy. When we first introduced you to them, you found them ridiculous and incomprehensible and were making fun of them. Like, oh, let's put sticks. You were making fun of them. It was ridicule. And we got it. You know, my brother and I got it. It's like, yeah, they're ridiculous. They have some legitimately good songs, but for the most part, they're ridiculous. And we, more and more, we were getting that. It's like, okay. But what happened was, as we fell more and more out of love with Styx, you guys, whether you wanted to admit it or not, and it was probably out of your control, were full, falling more and more into love with Styx. And I will, I will sort of, um, I'll reinforce this point by telling you a story about WFMZ. Easy Listening, Allentown, Pennsylvania. This was the 100.7, the Easy Listening station when I was growing up in northeastern Pennsylvania. So they would play all manner of shitastic music. Christopher Cross, Barry Manilow, Neil Diamond, all that shit. And me and Joss Whedon, because my dad would drive us around in the car, and he'd always had fucking WFMZ on. It's like, can't you put on WZZO once so we can hear some ACDC? God damn it. But what happened was, without us even knowing it, and it was beyond our control... The more we listened to things like Christopher Cross and Barry Manilow and Neil Diamond, we found ourselves singing these songs. And we thought we were making fun of them. But more and more what happened was, it's kind of like Big Brother. At the end of it, we realized, oh, we love it. That's why we're singing it all the time. (laughs) If you get caught between the moon and New York City. Oh, why are we singing that constantly? You can't be making fun of something that much unless on some level you love it. And that's what was happening with you guys and Styx. You were falling in love with them and my brother and I were falling out of love with them. So I feel like you might be on the cusp of a full-on Styx renaissance if you're not careful.
3: I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying, I just... Because that is true because the proof of that I think was... This time, Chris Carithers and I and other of our friends from college, we were. It was that Roboto movie, whatever it's called, and we caught were showing the act. Caught please. in the it act. It has a name, and we were showing it to these visiting friends in town, or they were cousins of Chris's girlfriend at the time, or whatever. And we were so into it. And we were, like, making fun of it, but we were so into it. And they were like, you guys love these guys. And we're like, oh, no, no, no. Here, let's rewind this part again. It's because you need to see it. (laughs) Wait, just watch it one more time. Just watch it. We hate these guys. They're crazy.
1: Three hours later. (laughs)
3: Yeah.
1: But, But, you know, the same thing could be said of, like, The Room, for example, right? I'll still try to show people that movie. And they're just like, Hmm. Interesting, but film.
2: but I think you could always admit ah. to yourself that you loved that movie, even for all its weirdness and stuff. But
1: yeah, no, well, I love it. Well, I would say I love the room simply because it's insane. Uh, it yeah, and it's un, it's inimitable. Inimitable, yes, that word. Um, you know, it uh, there and there's no way anyone. Why, before or after, could make a movie like why that. Why isn't it non-imitable? I would say it's the same true for Sticks. No one no one else is ever going to make music like that, before or after. Oh, I totally agree. And that's agree. why it's so hard for me to figure them out, and why it took till now for me to kind of figure them out. I totally agree, but I bet,
2: Laura, when you and whoever else was like trying your hardest to make fun of them with these outsiders that were there, and the realization was slowly dawning on you that oh shit we love these guys i bet there was a moment where you looked around and realized holy fuck adam and dave aren't here and we're watching sticks <laughs> non-stop and that was probably the real gut punch of that situation
1: true and what I'll say is right now, listening to Sticks, the Sticks revival I'm going through, just like you in 1999, <laughs> Like this is all based on the nostalgia. Oh, yeah. This is my nostalgia for 1999 now, coming back.
3: Absolutely. Yeah, but the
1: problem is you can't sing Father
2: O.S.A. word for word. So... No. Uh, yeah.
3: But when I hear too much time on my hands on the radio, I get very nostalgic, you know? Too much
2: time on my ass.
3: Yeah. <laughs> Too much time. But yeah, you know, but I don't feel the need to listen to a lot of sticks. But when I hear it, you know, I let it play out and I enjoy it. I, I think you might it.
2: need to explain why you did a little.
3: No, I don't need to explain that. No, people, people can research it and listen to the beauty of that song and then realize why I did that. It's great.
2: I'll, I'll make a note. I'll make a note. Talk amongst yourselves. The,
1: does Styx have any type of like bowling or White Russian themed song? Like, is there some tie into Lebowski we could use? Oh, well, great. they to have bridge this gap. They have Snowbird,
2: which involves whiteness of some sort.
1: It Involves people that go to Florida in the winter months, right? And they it's probably an they probably drink White them. Russians, yeah? Don't they? I feel like Sticks could do a song on bowling, like that would just be right in their wheelhouse. Like,
2: you know, I'm trying
1: to play along. What you do tonight? Bowling, I'm bowling, going bowling. <laughs> like, I can just see it; it's right there.
2: Throwing rocks, are throwing rocks. Well, have you heard that the world's gone bowling? Young Americans, listen when I bowl. Okay, I'm singing Sticks now. I gotta stop. Can we move on? Because I know what's happening here. I get it. I'm not stupid. Here, let's go. R- do you have any other revisits, Laura, that don't involve uh, ridiculing me?
3: Yes. I okay. was interested in your discussion of uh, whether Maud was naked or not. Because mm-hmm. I think that's an interesting point. Because if she's oh, all why were the you female interested form, what she what probably was so should inter- be naked I mean, to do that. I mean, it's very
2: clear why I was interested. Um, but I was maybe it examining was a, it very closely.
3: Oh. Well, maybe, may, I was thinking maybe it's logistically a thing where can you not show full lady parts and still have it rated R or whatever? Like, would that make the, it an Does X? the word
2: I, vagina make you uncomfortable?
3: No. Vagina.
2: Well, I, just, I said vajayjay, which I noticed. I said vajj last episode. I couldn't even say vagina.
1: She's
3: right. Vagina. She's fucking right. I couldn't say it.
2: Vagina.
1: Vagina. Anyway. You're uh, one of the some men. I am one of the... Which are bothered. Some men.
3: By the word, Meanwhile, China. Yeah, I don't
1: I don't think it's like an MPAA rating thing or anything like that. I just think it was like uh, actor modesty. Yeah, maybe. You can't really tell unless you really freeze frame and stare at it in high def but, type of a thing anyway. But if she was totally...
2: Pants off in shortcuts. Why would she all of a sudden develop this modesty for this role? Well,
1: just because she wants to do it that, just because she did that one time because the scene like demanded it, doesn't mean she's gonna go out of her way, you know, when when it's not necessary. Or plus, it could be part of her contract. Like now she's a more established actress and she can like demand like no. Oh, uh, well, to me, those are very you know below the waist nudity types. Those are two very different ideas or that a you have. priced demand a higher price i don't know Mm. Mm.
3: but i didn't i would never have thought i thought she was fully naked when watching that i never would have thought you know unless analyzing it second by second i think the impression is that she's totally naked
1: i think in the reality of the film she's naked we're simply seeing past the movie uh wizardry the movie magic
2: yeah, the, yes. the veil broke down a little bit. We're seeing through it. But I think you're right. Maud in the context of the film, is at least supposed to be naked. Yes. Except for the boots. Don't forget the boots.
3: Right. But I but think yeah, the it, boots is totally... I think that's a whole, like, her ritual to paint this painting. Like, I feel she has to... Like, all her, like, lady vagina art is all very... Conceptual, so I feel like she seems the type of person to be like, "I have to wear this getup and listen to that music and do whatever." then it influences the splatters on the painting. Like I the feel that's splatters.: all, I feel that's all part of the,
2: the thing. Her nakedness definitely influences the splatters. Yeah. Now let me ask you this: When you do your art, have you ever been only booted?
3: No. I, no, I usually so it's not part
2: of your ritual for your art. Perform my
3: art, do my art fully clothed. Fully that, clothed—that's part of my mm. process.
2: Hmm. Interesting. Yes. I honestly—that's probably part of my process too. I don't think I've ever been only booted for any uh, creative endeavor.
1: I think the boots just work. Like, imagine that scene should not have those boots. Imagine the character of Mob without the boots, or her, the, or
3: her cape thing. Very memorable. Her robe, but her big green robe. I love well, that. Well, right, thing. but yes. that
2: comes ah. on later. I love right. that too. But that comes on later. But I, I think you're right, Brad, because the boots give her. So she's totally naked except for these boots. But the boots give her this like kick acidness. Yeah. You know this power. This this exactly. element of power.
1: It's, a, it's it's yeah exactly. It projects a power, and I think it's a way. For her to be naked without being sexualized, per se?
2: Yeah, try something. I'll stomp on your Johnson with my boots. Exactly.
0: Yeah, it
3: doesn't feel, she doesn't feel vulnerable. Uh,
2: We didn't talk about wearing
3: those boots. She feels very powerful.
2: Absolutely. I think that's, that probably does it right there. That, that gets down to cases. We'll get back to cases. I made a note. A drugged cow I had written down for a revisit. There are noises this previous minute now. There are noises that sound like a slowed down mooing of a cow that are sort of intertwined with all of the ha, 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 ha.
1: Um, I, Did you isolate the audio and increase the speed in order to you see if you could turn it into a normal cow moo?
2: Enhance. 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 It didn't work. I tried. Didn't work.
1: Well, until you do that, you have, uh, you're on thin ice, my friend. Alright,
2: well, I'll make a note for myself to perform that experiment. But I just wanted to point out that it does sound like a slowed down... I made a movie one time where my daughter was feeding meat to these animals in a box in the bedroom and I used I used animal noises cuz the idea was she was like getting lunch meat from the kitchen and feeding it to them and they would they were becoming like giant dinosaur like like hunching animals basically taking up the entire bedroom but it was happening over the course of like an hour She just kept feeding them meat, and they got huge. And I found noises of animals, and I slowed them down to make them sound bigger, and it sounds exactly like what's going on here. So that's where that comes from. It's not completely groundless. But I'll go, okay. I have a little homework assignment. I'll take them, speed them up, and see if they sound like actual cow moos. I wanted to point out another revisit at 4357 when Maud asks the dude if the female form makes him uncomfortable. He's oblivious. He doesn't even get it. She was just naked, but he thinks she's referring to the painting, or he's ultra smooth and deflects it.
1: I think he's ultra smooth.
2: Mm, I don't
3: neither. know. That's how
1: I've he's oh, a, that's how I've always read that. Right, but then Johnson Coitus, like he's oblivious, man. Well, okay, you got a point there.
3: If it was I mean, oh, yeah. if it was only that one your face, time. Huh? Right. He, but he questions everything. He's like, I don't think he can even process her. It's like what, what? Right. What?
2: Exactly. He's not all there either. No. At this point, I'm sure. Not.
1: Well So he does do a couple. So it is possible that he kind of uses all of his cognitive reserve to make that kind of like smooth operate. And then he's out of commission for a while until, you know, a minute or two later when he makes the second kind of wisecrack, he fixes the cable. Hmm. Don't be fatuous, Jeffrey. Right? (laughs) So it goes into that kind of dude thing that I originally kind of talk about how i don't like his kind of like slick kind of smart aleckiness especially in this case he's not in danger so i don't have too much of a trouble with it but like you know it's the whole like where's the money lebowski let me look again i know it's in there somewhere you know that whole thing sure, obviously sure, you're sure. not a golfer it's like so it always seems to me i'll admit there is a weird inconsistency between his kind of like His thing of just repeating the last word back with the question mark, which I love that technique. Yeah, I love that conversation technique. I have adopted that. Just I don't know. I, I that's just
2: You've added it to your lexicon.
1: It's just an amazing fallback. Sure. There's a lot of times where I'm not sure what I'm supposed to say or do next. And now I fall back to that and it just gets me through.
2: It gets you through, but it also kind of makes you look stupid, doesn't it? That's what I worry about. If I use that technique too much, it makes me look stupid.
1: I don't have any kind of uh, oh, you don't care, okay? Pride to right. ego to worry about there. True, good point.
3: I feel like maybe he's wanting to impress her, but he he like can't get his like he can't get his footing with her because she's just way above his league, but he's trying maybe to act cool, but it's just failing miserably. Like he can't, he just can't get it together.
2: So the dude's like a wit pressure cooker where it builds up, it builds up, and then it has the little release valve and then (laughs) the wit comes out and then the valve closes and he's got to wait another 10 minutes for enough pressure to build up before he can release another witticism.
1: I think that's a theory. The, the 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 cognitive pressure cooker theory of the dude hmm. is one theory that could be used to explain his behavior throughout this movie.
2: I'm not totally against that.
1: I'm not saying it's the only explanation or the only interpretation, but I'm saying it's a it's a good one.
2: Hmm. All right. Um.
1: I, I feel like we're breaking new ground here. Yeah,
2: I'll I'll look out for more examples of this, but I have a feeling like. You referenced the bathroom scene where he says, it's down there somewhere, let me take another look. And then very shortly after that, he says, obviously you're not a golfer. So those are two instances, like right in a row, where I don't feel like there was enough time for the pressure in the cognitive pressure cooker to build up for him to release those two in such quick succession.
1: But well, there is some extenuating circumstances yeah, it's, it's, like he a, is like fearing for his life. It's a heightened so maybe this actually what you didn't like about it is maybe
2: the very thing that makes it possible in these heightened situations, there's more pressure that's building up, so he's able to like fire them out more quickly That could be
3: Well, I feel like in the next minute, because I, I watched the next minute as well, like he finally answers like he finally has something to react to her and i think he's just waiting this whole minute to find something that he can like comment on that he can actually say something instead in this minute he's just like he's just questioning all the words that like are catching him in a weird way and he can't match mod's wit when he's finally like oh like she's a nympho or something you know so he's finally (laughs) like oh oh i can comment on something that makes sense to me
2: Maud is so far out of the dude's league. So far. It's just not even funny. Do we have any other um, revisits?
3: I have a small revisit because you mentioned her accent, which I just wanted to bring up because I love her accent. Yes, there's
2: a name for it.
3: Is it? I just feel, I just thought it was her own accent that she's created and it's like a fancy fancy pants accent
2: we've talked about this before and i can't remember i never can because
1: we need I just... to get back to that uh to our uh Cun- our cunning English linguist friends
2: right need to have the cunning uh, linguist back like on the, the show.
1: northeast accent yeah or... it's
2: like kind of
3: old school boston in a way
2: yeah it's this adopted northeast <clears throat> thing here, I'm gonna I'm gonna look it up real quick. Talk amongst yourselves.
3: Yeah, I think it it sounds to me a bit old school Boston.
2: Mid Atlantic English. Mid Atlantic. That's it. Mid
3: Atlantic English. Well, where does that place that?
2: Well, anywhere in the uh, middle area of the eastern seaboard of the United States? I well, is suppose. Was that like Maryland? Um.
3: So it feels more northeast. To me, but that's just because I am from the Northeast.
2: It's, it's a cultivated or acquired version of the English language, once found in certain aristocratic elements of American society and taught for use in the American theater. So it's a theatrical thing. It's not a typical vernacular of any location, but rather blends American and British without being predominantly either. Mid-Atlantic speech patterns and vocabulary are also used by some Anglophone expatriates, many adopting certain features of the accent of their place of residence.
1: So it was Mid Atlantic English was popular in Hollywood you films go. from the nineteen thirties to early nineteen sixties.
2: And continues to be associated with such people as Cary Grant, Catherine Hepburn, Calvin Coolidge, blah blah blah. The Catherine Hepburn thing, I think that's kind of yeah. spot on.
3: I was about to say it's very Catherine Hepburn.
2: It's like you're not English. Why are you speaking so precisely? So Yeah, so that's where it comes from. So it's this theatricality. So maybe she's a sticks lover for that matter, and this, uh, you know, she's, she's in L.A., so it's a very old-school Hollywood thing to do, and it, it kind of sets her apart from her other vaginal artist peers, perhaps. Yeah, you're, you're a vaginal artist, but do you speak like me? Do you have a mid-Atlantic dialect? I don't
1: think so. I think she might like sticks. She might consider kind of slumming it.
2: It's slumming it, but you know what she appreciated? No she appreciated their progressive tendencies. They were pushing the envelope.
1: I think it was their theatricality and their progressive tendencies. Yes.
2: Now let me tell you in 1983, 84, 85, 86 in that time frame, I thought for sure cuz you never know how tastes are going to change and what direction you know art is going to take music, movies, whatever. Like, it could go off and some... Grunge happened, you know? And then we had the whole, like, whatever you want to call the Nickelback Creed era that we all want to forget. But, like, it went in that direction for some reason. And, God damn it, from, like, 1983, even up to, like, 1987, I thought for sure, I kept holding out hope that, like, people were going to latch on to the stick sound and, like, that was going to be a thing. And it just never did. It's very disappointing. It's one of the disappointments of my life that that didn't happen. And for as theatrical as they were, they were, they were no Queen. I don't want to get started on Queen. Let's not talk about Queen. You probably never heard of them. Anyway, I Bohemian heard Rhapsody. Queen. So, oh, I heard of Queen, but That's I never right. heard. Okay, never heard of Sticks. That's funny. That's real great.
3: There are many that. things I hadn't heard of. You know, sticks was just one of them.
2: You know the hat that I gave to Dennis DeYoung?
3: Yes. I was I'm up there at the, the front.
2: Yes, it was. I was my at brothers, that concert. Like, Were you?
3: Yes. Really? Because you got tickets. You like won tickets, right? But then you got oh, better seats or you something? You and Brad
2: all mixed things up together in your brains.
3: No, well, somehow you got better seats, and so well, well, we definitely got got good seats. So we got your less good seats. You gave them to us. So I have seen uh, sticks in concert.
2: It was in the early days of the interwebs, and they had like a little like. (laughs) It was so stupid. All you had to do was like go to the website and be like, "Yes, I'm an important person," and click on like the. Gold Member (laughs) Sticks Society link. Beep. And then you got access to, like, I guess the orchestra section. But all you had to do literally was go to the... And go click. And then you got access to the awesome tickets. But only, like, 27 people did that. Because it was, whatever, 1997 or something. 98. So anyway, yeah, we got the right up front... And I handed my hat. We talked about this last episode, Brad, and Dennis was kind of a dick and looked at it like, what the fuck are you, I don't want this. This has nothing for me, and handed it back. But I wore that same hat. This was my brother's, uh, like, dress blues hat when he was in the Air Force. So it's like, very, like, stiff and formal, and he'd wear this nice jacket. And And I wore that when I was Vlad, and I met Slaughter. So it's got a... Pretty kick-ass rock and
1: roll history that hat,
2: and it's still it around definitely here Definitely does.
1: And I think it really—I didn't realize when you were telling the story last time that it was this, uh, this like, yeah, this this dress hat from the Air Force. Yeah, it was like,
2: an Air Force dress blues hat. That's
1: perfect for Vlad. Oh, perfect! You kidding that's just me? Perfect. Oh,
2: this Vlad never took that shit off. And I held it up, and Chuck Bonazzo dropped his bass pick into it. Also, by the way, which I think I lost that. So yeah, pretty kick-ass rock and roll history for the Air Force dress blues hat.
3: I, I remember that. Now, hat
1: if only too. you can go well, yeah, I see would see the Scorpions in that hat; it'd be perfect. Oh. Complete the circle. Whew. Now the Scorpions—they're
2: pretty good. Okay, dead silence, moving on. Um, so yeah, I used the, to wear that just, hat around. Winds of Change. This ain't to the winds of change. Come on, that's a good song.
1: All right, <laughs> fuck you then. Fuck you. All right. So I'm going to jump around here because I feel this is worth talking sure, about. Sure, do it. And not maybe burying it in like the third hour of this episode. <laughs> and it kind of relates to the music here, but how about the whole Beyonce using the French version of the Big Lebowski in her I, song I'm not, that everyone's talking about. I'm not quite
2: sure what to make of
1: that.
3: I have not heard it.
1: Well I
2: haven't so, heard the song either, but I mean I I read the story.
1: Yeah. The story does have and we'll put the link in the in the show notes, but it's Parade by uh by Beyoncé. And it starts with like kind of like, you know, French kind of like a french monologue you know like there's the you know electronic music dance music going and there's like this french monologue right and it's in french so you know let's say you don't speak french like myself we can make out the word sex a lot coming up in there is but the what it is, french
2: word for sex the same as our word
1: for sex yes oh they yes. just say sex it's like it's they say le sex
2: the le probably say it's sexier than we do though huh?
1: they do they do they do they definitely do um, but so in essence it's mods um, speech in French from this thing about do you like sex so you know on this slate piece they have the French then translated back into English it's a little different do you like sex sex I mean the physical activity coitus Do you like it? You're not interested in sex? Men think that feminists hate sex, but it's a very stimulating and natural activity that women love.
2: I mean, that's not too far off. I mean, you can understand these little nuanced differences here and there. Right.
1: Right. What I wonder is, well, one, since I don't speak French, like, is the kind of more blandness of the dialogue just a reference to... Trying to take these French, you know what I mean, taking the French words back into English, yeah. versus taking the English into French, or maybe it's probably both. It gets compounded with each translation. Yeah, it's, right, imagine. it's a
2: game of linguistic telephone, yeah.
1: and gets but diluted the, uh, more and more. Yeah, the um, the this this uh, slate blog post on this also has the French translated version of the scene. I was just Which looking at goes this goes the same way.
3: I was just looking at the slate thing and I, I enjoy this image they put together. It's really
1: Yeah Beyonce not with the... at all.
2: No, they tried hard on that one. It's perfect. I always
3: enjoy Photoshop things that I could definitely do myself.
2: In like eleven minutes.
3: Exactly. Because I love doing ter- terrible, terrible photoshops. And this is such a terrible good one. It's so good, it's bad. Bad, it's good.
2: Because they just put her I, right on top. They didn't even bother like having any sort of perspective in it. No. We'll just put her they there.
3: They didn't even like do the cut like the colors way off. It's great.
1: I mean, I would say yeah, it's perfect. You know, in the defense of Lisa Larson Walker, who did this <laughs> photo illustration.
3: Thank you for the credit. I'm so happy we're crediting her. We didn't want to talk about it without.
0: Give no, you gotta yeah, give. So we didn't want to
1: completely trash and shit on her work without mentioning her by name. But no, I think you know, in her defense, it was just you know, it's it's, it's not a simple. It's a, fo- it's a photo montage, and the and it's part of the charm that yes, it's like a Photoshop. Yeah. It has that kind of a thing. To yeah. It. yeah, yeah, yeah.
3: It's a photo illustration. It's
1: the, it's the visual parlance of our times, without a doubt. Well, photo illustration being in
2: the parlance of our times, as you so astutely pointed out.
3: It's not a collage. Photo illustra-
2: no, it's not a collage. You know, it's not... I don't even know what else. What, what would you call it if this was done well? Like, photo real. What would you call that? Like,
3: I, I do think actually the technical term is photo illustration because I've seen this on other things. I just find it a, an interesting term. So because, this is in
2: fact, a shitty photo illustration then,
3: right, because There's... instead of a like a photo montage or a photo collage, like a photo illustration, being it's an illustration means it's like telling a story and it's like its own perspective on it. So I just think that's it's a very high and mighty term for us slapped together. Like goofy, so what you're saying is goofy, bad Photoshop job. I just think it's. If funny. they
2: wanted to do this for realsies, what they would have done was erased out Maud there and found Beyonce in a pose where she's got her arm back and her head kind of down and like put her in the ar- the arms of the dude there where he's kind of teaching her how to bowl. Like she would have replaced Maud almost. Maybe that would have been cooler. I, I would have had her replace the dude, personally. <laughs> well, that's, well, this well, is, is a some... family family website here, Brad.
3: There is some things like, Beyonce is wearing a gold outfit, so it's kind of similar to mods, but, but I think... But they should have
2: put finger holes on her, her right, breasts. that would have been
3: great. But
2: and I just feel it's,
3: it's like a schlock job, like, as purposefully, and it's kind of funny, like, I actually, it's, you know, you wouldn't want a serious image here, but I just think it's funny to refer to it as a photo illustration, like, it's so fancy, like, oh, this is, this is, I, I do photo illustration, that's yeah. what I do, and then you see her work, her work, and it's like this, versus I have seen other very cool photo collages, which I guess you call photo illustrations, that are really neat, and they're, like, amazing, Well, and here's there's clearly, one. like, hard work, and, sto- like, a, you know, the person has put a lot of effort, and, it really actually tells a cool story and all that sort of stuff, but I just think it's very funny to refer to a funny Photoshop job that I would do to send to someone as a photo illustration.
2: And Well, two things about that. First of all, she probably didn't even write the, uh, the clever caption, Bow down, dude. That was probably a significant part of a week for somebody.
0: You know, they spent
2: like 12 to 15 hours coming up with a clever caption for this photo. Second of all, you could do a schlock job because it's not supposed to be, obviously it's not supposed to be like, whoa, Beyonce's in, the be-. it's not supposed to be photo real, like that. Right. fine, right? But fu- like Beyonce, how many poses does Beyonce strike in a given concert? Like, you can find her doing poses, so find a pose where she she can even have her left hand on her hip, but find a pose where her other hand and arm is, like, out straight to the side and put a trident in that shit. (laughs) And the same same exact thing. See, that would be great. And have a trident in there, and then this would be awesome, and you wouldn't have had to spend any more time, really. There. You're welcome, Lisa Larson Walker. Next you time, could
1: add, you could add one of the little Viking hats on Beyonce as well.
3: Yes, Easily so enough, much, right? There's so much good things you could do with her to make it more of an interesting photo illustration. Like I'm just no, thinking of my last, no. my last work that I did in photo but, illustration.
2: Was this an artwork that you did?
3: Oh yeah, it was. It was really, really. Can we serious. have a link to this?
2: Can you send a link to it?
3: I could. I could send. I, you, I don't have a link. Um, Can you send it, was, it right now? It was a private image, because um, I usually don't do photo illustration. I usually do hand drawn illustration, but right. this photo illustration was done at the bequest of my father, Brendan Fist. Oh,
2: <gasps> Brendan!
3: Because um, side note, I recently just had a baby, and he's so a he bold sa- man. Yeah, bold man. he's a bold man. Yeah, bold man. He a bold man. Your father is too. <laughs> And uh, he comes from a long line of bold men. So
2: I don't doubt so it. So
3: my dad, in his joy, sent an email to his friends saying, oh, my daughter just had a baby. He was 19 pounds when born.
2: Oh, Man. Jesus.
3: Now take that in. Obviously, I did not produce a 19-pound baby because it would be on the news. The funeral um,
2: for my daughters next week. Hope you can all attend.
3: <laughs> so... um
2: the casket's tiny because she's in many oh, pieces.
3: <laughs> so I took a picture of him holding <laughs> my baby. And in, but, it's, but I oh. made him a little larger. And I really feel like that was an excellent photo illustration of enlarging the baby to an extent that maybe made him look about 19 pounds.
2: Now, did you do it just enough that you looked at it and you were like, something? I'm not sure what's wrong with this, or did you do it obviously enough that it was like, oh, that's hilarious because well, the baby's I, I huge. I take
3: photo illustration very seriously, so
2: it was a subtle like
3: that's so, a little big. No, but I feel my take on photo illustration is that I want it to be as schlocky and ridiculous as possible. Unlike this Beyonce image, and um, so I really went for it and made gotcha. a, a giant baby trying to find it now
2: what I wouldn't give to see Brendan holding a nearly 20 pound newborn
3: and I also included my mother in this image I used two images actually is, is she Combine in the back with her eyes one. like
2: saucers no.
3: actually I'm looking at the one sorry with my dad and it's I did a pretty good job on this one I would say as good as uh, this Beyonce one I'll, sh- I'll I shall forward Walker. it to both of you for you to enjoy now, but once again, we're talking about visual stuff on a podcast. It works so well.
2: But I don't want to. I don't want to pile on Lisa Larson Walker. Let's face it. She had, you know, this is one thing on a giant list of photo illustrations she has to do for slate dot com, and it's like the kind of thing where done equals good. You just gotta yeah. shit it out, and you're done with it. So
3: yeah. I, th- I think, I think she was going for. Some silly times. Sure. But I feel she could have pushed it a little bit more. That's all I'm saying.
2: Well, maybe, you know, you have to pick your battles, you know? She had other shit. She... she
3: probably had, they probably had a deadline. She probably did it in under 11 minutes.
2: This was probably Friday. I give her an A for it. It was probably Friday at 4.42, and some jackass from the second floor called her and was like, shit, I'm publishing this story on the... Beyonce Lebowski crossover and they tell me I need an image for it. Can you do something? She's like, "God damn it, you do this all the time J-j-j-j-j-j- plant there happy you know little little knowing that this would be discussed extensively on gutterballs had she known yes. she might have put a little more effort into it
1: you know by beyonce including this in this song and having this article read and us discussing it now, I think Beyonce may have accomplished her goal of subconsciously implanting herself into my mind.
2: Well, the nerd culture. She's accessing as, the nerd culture in a way as, that she never could have possibly well, dreamed of.
1: I think she... Now I'm now. I'm seriously considering her to play Maude Lebowski mm. in the... Shot for shot remake of Big Lebowski made with uh, mm. other celebrities mm. that we talk about from time to time.
2: That I'm might thinking. not be too bad. Would Clive Owen think... be the dude then?
1: No, he's, he's he might
2: be a little. Mm. I st- I, I'm Didn't... sticking with the gauze. I'm sticking with the gauze. Yeah,
1: I'm, yeah, I'm sticking with Gosling too. Yeah, Gosling. Gosling is the dude, Beyoncé is Maude. Now we have another... Uh...
2: Although, Only God Forgives was a big pile of shit.
1: It was cinematic defecation. Cinematic now defecation. Now you know what cinematic defecation is.
2: I've been enlightened. I couldn't possibly wrap my mind around what that could be, but there it is. Now Wait, I know. What is
3: this movie? When did this come out?
2: Uh, this... 2013 or 2012.
1: Yeah, 2013. 2013. It came out last year. Yeah. It was... um. The, like It was the follow-up to Drive in some way. Not like oh, it's the same story. I thought Drive was great, though. It, well, Drive was... It was almost great. It was pretty good. I liked it. I could it. see. I liked Drive. And it, Drive was definitely kind of a... It was... I, I give Drive tons of credit for being kind of a fresh movie. Yeah, stylistically.
2: Right? Very fresh.
1: Yeah. And, um... So this is the same director. And he teamed up with Gauze again to make another movie, but... You know what I will say is so. If I'm going to give any credit to them for this movie, it is at least I think they were trying to do something. Maybe like trying to do something different. I agree. They failed completely. But if you want to do something truly groundbreaking, I guess you have to take that risk of it failing.
2: Absolutely, absolutely. I do so, not. I'm not giving them shit for that at all. They tried. So but it just... yeah, I'll
1: give them credit for that. But it turned out as, as one critic. Famously called it cinematic defecation. (laughs) It was booed at con. Like most hated movie of the year. I
2: find it hard to believe it was booed at con. Like I would just leave or like be indifferent. Like boo. Like if you're. I've never booed a movie like out loud. If I have that much emotional investment in a movie that I'm going to actively boo it. Then it made me feel something. And I think cinematic defecation is like, that doesn't make me feel anything. I'm just like, whatever, and I turn it off. You know, I would just walk out of the theater.
3: I don't know so. if, if that that to me is like, I'm super repulsed by it. If it's cinematic Le- defecation, I'm going to be repulsed at defecation.
2: Well, at least so. you're feeling something though.
3: I guess. I guess. I didn't
2: feel anything. It was just like a young, so utterly boring to me. I didn't even finish
1: yeah. it. It's like, Ugh. I the just long can't. scenes of the guy singing karaoke Ugh. were like the best part of the movie.
2: I found that unwatchable <laughs> and that you're, prob- and you're probably and right.
1: you're You're probably right. They were the best parts. Ugh. Yeah.
2: So bad. Let's move we've already we've shit the bed on our whatever. We've already gone to the end here. We're not even at least we're through the revisits. There's a painting as we Maud comes around now and they move from where she's doing her, her swing painting, puts a robe on, they move over to the uh, whatever living area. There's a painting on the wall where well, it's not a painting. I guess it's a photo. Yeah. And a man, presumably, is measuring women's abdomens and asses. Um, if I the timing is that, you can see it at 44:38. So this must be some kind of statement on, you know, the female form and like ha- how females yeah. are supposed to conform to a certain ideal space. Right. Exactly.
3: I think like, it's I from mean, you know, I think it's from like an old ad or something. That's what I was thinking when I saw it.
2: It's pretty risque for an old ad. Or
3: Unless maybe it was French like a medical in a medical French journal are. or something. Like, not journal, but Although the top is like in a medical, I mean, I think it's definitely. I I think Uh, it speaks to what it just looks uh, like. It looks like it's taken from, like a showing someone how to do something, or this is how you measure the ladies, doctors, or I don't know. Yeah,
2: see, that's what I think it is. More of like a procedural, like measure the fat, the fat count of a female figure, female waistline using this, you know, trebuchet. It's not a trebuchet. What am I... Trebuchet that would be slinging them over a castle wall. More like like a shepherd's crook. Here's a surgical shepherd's crook, and you jab it into their waist flesh. Here's a tape measure. Measure their ass.
1: I mean, it definitely, especially in this context, being framed there, it also has this modern arty type of feel to it. Also, I mean, it's like you said it's it's maybe shorthand. It's maybe taking like a really short path, but again, it fits in with mods feminism. Oh, totally, and as well as her art artfulness. Um, I actually searched. I was trying to search to see like, is this maybe a famous. Uh, photograph or something that I just didn't know about but I couldn't find it I was like searching like photograph of doctor measuring woman's (laughs) body and various like things like that I found a lot of cool pictures but not this
2: one
0: Hmm.
1: not nothing that's explained what this is so yeah we're gonna have to get in touch
2: with the production designer I got his name it's in our textbook that you haven't read so I'll look that up I'll, I'll, I'll tweet him I'll tweet at him See if he responds. Maybe he will. Say, where'd you get this, these photos here? I, di- I, didn't, I thought about doing that, but I just didn't have time because I was spending most of my time searching for uh, the, the origin of the phrase getting down to cases. Let's get down to cases. Which if I was going to say something like that, I would say, let's get down to brass tacks, or let's get down maybe to business. But usually I would just say, let's get down to brass tax. Not TAX, mind you. As some people might might say. I'd be saying T-A-C-K-S.
1: See, I always say TAX. I figured it had to do with the tax levied on... Brass? Brass.
3: Not physical tax that are made out of brass. I have always thought it was brass. T A C K S.
2: Yes, me too. I, it is brass
1: It T-A-C-K-S.
2: is. Do you really think but it was I,
3: brass tax? But T-A-X, T-A-X, I famously T-A-X? That's so crazy. I
1: famously thought it was brass tax T A X until like I was, it was about 2001 when it was pointed out to me that that was incorrect.
2: <laughs> That's now, Laura, almost
3: as bad as intensive Laura for all intents purposes. <laughs>
2: purposes you shouldn't be the one might I caution you you should not be the one to, call... to give Brad the business on this.
3: I was about to call out my own intensive okay. purposes <laughs> on that situation.
2: Because why?
3: Oh, I don't know. I thought intense and purposes until the age of, I don't know, about 22 was intensive purposes.
0: Intensive. And I used
3: it infamously wrong in an email about 15 years ago, and I still have never been able to live it down. Wow.
1: Well, you and I, you know, we're bonded because yeah. I did the brass tax thing in email about 15 years ago as well. See, it's one thing. And it still gets mentioned in podcasts. You can
2: you can get away with saying it, you know, because you kind of slur right over it. But boy, once you write that down in an email, you are fucked, man.
3: Ruined forever. Are
2: forever. you ready to be fucked, man? Just write intensive purposes in an email.
3: Yeah, that's it. You're done.
2: Never. Here we are, still talking about it. Out.
3: Brass here. tax, for all intensive purposes.
2: For all intensive purposes, let's get down to brass tax. But she doesn't say that. In the that. parlance of our time. <laughs> brass tax, T-A-X, is not the preferred nomenclature. The preferred nomenclature is let's get down to cases. And let's get down to cases refers to a card game. Farrow, I guess it's called. What is it called? faro, Press tax? Cases?
1: I think it's called Pharaoh. I have no idea. You're way off. <laughs> yeah, it, way, it, way yeah. out of my orbit it, well, right Well, it's now. a card game called Pharaoh, and this was the most...
2: I have a link here, you can look at it, but it's the most popular card game in the Old West. Right? And I guess in some ways it's similar to poker, but easier to understand. The rules were more easily graspable. And you could have any number of players, but there was a... You had to have three saloon employees tend to this game, like oversee this game. There was a dealer, deals the cards, there's a lookout, who made sure the game was square. Nobody was cheating, so nobody had to shoot anybody else. And then there's the casekeeper. The casekeeper used an abacus to track what cards had been played, of all things. So I guess that's a way you could count cards. Maybe you go to Vegas and bring an abacus with you and you could be like Rain Man and count some fucking cards or something. Anyway, when three of the same number card had been played, the casekeeper called out, Cases! So that way you know there's only one left. One left. The most important one at this point because it's the only one left. So let's get down to Cases. Which to me is almost like being the, it's the penultimate instead of the ultimate, next to last. I don't know if, I would have said, let's get down to bedrock maybe, or down to the nitty gritty. But she, no, she said cases. Let's get down to cases. So there you go. Let's get down to cases. Haven't heard that phrase before this movie, after this movie, or anywhere else
3: but now you know, you're welcome. How many times
2: does the dude repeat things in this minute? Says Johnson, there's repetitive Johnsons, repetitive coitus. Does he get to coitus in this minute? Or is that in the next minute?
1: I feel like that is in this minute.
2: Love, coy. It
1: is in this minute. It goes right up to. It's right before she says "zesty, healthy enterprise."
2: Coy, yeah, he just gets it in. You're right. So he's got two repetitions here. I don't have much to say about that. I just want to point it out. We're trying to like keep track of these, these instances where. They're they're doing the sparring of of dialogue. So he does it twice in one minute. That's pretty pretty high ratio of sparring, I would say. And I'm glad you said this because at 44:58, I'm paused on this just when he says "coitus." Behind him on the wall is a giant pig woman painting, or it could be a pig man. Pig. It's you know it's like a Pink Floyd song, but it's you can see it. It's on the back wall behind him, over his left shoulder. Like a giant uh, sand-and-socks-breasted pig woman.
3: Wait, what, what second is it at?
2: 4458.
3: Oh Wait, wait, I'm oh. almost there.
2: It's just after he says coitus.
3: Coitus?
1: Coitus? Oh, you mean coitus.
3: Oh, yeah, like that it's one. A, it's in
1: the upper right of the
2: screen yeah. talking right, about. Right, You can right, see right. it in
3: the previous minute, too. I was trying to right. figure out what was going on there
2: crazy looking.
3: Now, here's my question. The scissors do like what are I was thinking what art is mods in here? Like are the scissors mods cuz it doesn't seem like it's mm. kind of her No, thing. I don't think so.
2: Cuz that's like that's framed and it's up on the wall and it's very specifically intentionally placed there. Her paintings are kind of strewn all about. So right. I would so say the- that's something maybe Uli did it. Who knows
3: mm-hmm. so is the do you think, I was thinking though the pig thing is hers, yeah, it's that's like hers. on the gr- it's on the floor.
2: Yeah, that's definitely hers. Again, yeah. it's another statement on the you know female form of
3: yeah somehow. Definitely. But um, I also don't think that this is her apartment. I think this is her studio.
2: Well, she's got a kitchen, okay, she's yeah. got a kitchen, so at forty four forty two, you can see the shot of her bar. And she's got a pretty kick-ass kitchen back there. And look at the size of that hood, that range hood. I mean, for a studio, you're gonna spend that money to have a kick-ass range hood like that. I think. I think so.
3: Because she's like, she's she's loaded, man. Working
2: together. You know, there's cabinets back there. There's like some sort of R2D2 coffee pot or something, (gasps) and that kick. Ass range hood, like no smoke is getting out of that. I don't care if you how bad you burn your olive oil in your sauté pan, it's all getting sucked up. So I think she lives here. Um, she's yes,
3: I, I I I don't think she does because I think she's loaded, and I feel she would keep her living space and her work separate, because or maybe this is like a wing of her apartment. Cause I picture her apartment being like stark and super modern and whatever. But I would also picture her studio kind of comfy and she would want to have like a entertaining area for her weird friends and a kitchen and stuff. I
1: disagree completely. I think and the that, kitchen could have just come with it.
0: Yeah, I, d- I totally. disagree
1: completely
2: because you, you just separated Maud's life from her work, and I don't think there is a separation there. It's a lifestyle for her. It's not mm. like, here's my work, here's my apartment. This is a lifestyle. It's how she lives. But this is my take on it. I, so I disagree. I she lives
3: here. I disagree because I feel when she, she finishes her painting and she doesn't want the paint on her, she tells Jeffrey to clean up, you know, that to me says, if you're a painter get... and you do the type of painting she's doing, it's really messy. And she seems like a very neat and put-together person, so you have to have a space that right. is, is not Which is why when they come own. over
2: into the living space, she wants the dude to get the paint off his face so she, he doesn't mm. fuck up the living area.
3: I think... There's the
2: painting area over there. Living area's over here.
3: Just saying, I feel if you can afford it, you have a studio space. Like any, especially paint, like if you're, well, I'd say any art form that is messy, which is most, you want to have your own, like you want to have a studio space that is separate from your living space. Even if you are fully integrated into your painting and all that stuff. I just Just feel, I feel this is her studio and it could be, like she could live above this. She could live like, I just feel like her living space in her life is way bigger than that tiny little side space with you just know, because chairs. you
2: can do something doesn't mean you should mm. or that you will. First I think she of all. lives
3: pretty comfortably. Second
2: of all, if we're gonna Mm-mm. cheat ahead like you already did, why is Knox Harrington, the video artist, hanging out in her studio?
3: Because people hang out in people's studios all the time. Yeah. It's yeah. what he's, people he's do. He's clearly made
2: to hang
1: out. He's,
2: like that's it what you do.
3: Yeah, you now, hang out. In it's 'cause she has a comfortable I, studio, man. Her studio's awesome. She probably spends 90% of her time there. I'm just saying, I think yeah, she has think, her own enter- living space. She definitely. entertains her
1: other her artist friends there, definitely. And it's almost just like a show-off type thing in some totally. way.
2: Let's let's put it but, this way. Uh, we can't know and we'll never know whether she has another living space. But what I propose is that even if she does, she's there 5% of the time. This is where she cooks her meals. This is where she takes her shits. This is where she sleeps. This is where she does her work. This is where she entertains. So, if you want to say she's got some other bullshit 5% of the time residence, maybe so. But this is where she lives.
3: I feel she doesn't cook her own meals. I don't well, I probably think she not. might have a staff. They probably staff. never
2: use this kitchen. She just goes out to eat. She doesn't cook but she has a kick-ass range hood in the place that she spends most of her time and does all of her entertaining.
3: I think she has a separate living space because I know...
2: Sure, and she never goes there.
3: I think she goes there. I think she goes there to like change her clothes...
2: Doubt it. She's to, got a whole to, wardrobe and a bedroom to here. To
3: sleep. I, I don't think she sleeps at her studio. I think she...
2: Absolutely, Because look at it. Does. Look at
3: it. It's like do it's, you, it's dirty and can't messy. All that,
2: you can't it's, drink all that liquor and then go roaming around town. She's going to pass out
1: and go to sleep
3: mm-mm. in her bed. Mod's a fancy think? lady. She needs her own space. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I mean, do you think Maude also is that actually into her art in such a way and committed to it versus it being some type of um, hipster pretension?
2: Maude is not that fancy of a lady. She's not that fancy of a lady because that fancy of a lady, first of all, wouldn't fuck the dude. Second of all, wouldn't hang around in his... Shittier than normal apartment that's been trashed by the nihilists waiting for him to come there. Like sleeping in his nasty ass sheets, like just hanging out. She's not that fancy of a lady. Just because she has that accent. Don't let her
3: I think fancy is the wrong word that I used. I think she's pretentious. And I think I I question her choices sleeping with the dude. But I feel she did it as some weird experience as well. But like I, I think she's into experiences and weird things, and that was just one of her things. And mm. she knew that she would have, he would have nothing to do with the raising of the child. Right. But I, had but I point, agree with you there.
2: I, I, can't dis- I can't disagree with any of that. We're in agreement there. Right. I also but think I she takes, like, I think her, she
3: takes her art really seriously though. She definitely. It, she does. She Dead does, which seriously. is why she
2: integrates herself so completely uh, with it. It's and don't a forget space. like separate she's, space. She's she's putting on airs here. She's like making up this lifestyle as she goes along because her dad and ostensibly how she was raised is diametrically opposed to this this situation and this environment that we're seeing here in her apartment. I don't you know. know. It's columns I, I think and she's working with swimming pools, Ugh. it's it's very different. So she's making it up. So she doesn't. There's no like, there's no preconceived ideas of how she's supposed to live. She's making it up as she goes along. So I don't think mm. she necessarily has a separate living area. She might, but, but she doesn't go there.
3: I think she does because she. First of all, this is a kick-ass studio. It's awesome. No, but
2: I think she doesn't.
3: No, if she's working with oil paint. That stuff is so messy. Everything about the studio is so messy. She would not want to live there. It's too much. Because you look at her uh, living space living in her studio, and it's super nice. Everything in there is super expensive. She
2: nestled right into the dude's shitty-ass apartment. Didn't I know, mind but that I'm too telling you because
3: it it's an experience. Like You look at that living area, like everything in there is incredibly expensive. And that's just like her little side hangout area in her studio. I think she has a separate full house of cool expensive stuff that isn't like fancy like her father's rich house fancy but still it's okay like to, austere it's okay to
2: be long. wrong laura it's I'm okay to wrong.
3: be wrong i'm not, not wrong because if i had her know. her money and her trust fund and her i possibly think she's a successful artist
2: she might that, be that and she has what enough way money to prove that to have what an better awesome way to prove studio. that than to fully integrate yourself into your lifestyle mm.
3: I would love to have my own separate studio like this. But I can't afford it. But then once it. you
2: but then once you get past that and once you can afford it, you find you don't want to.
3: mm
2: Well just saying, Art if I had messy. my druthers, if I had my druthers, I would have a film studio in my home so I never had to leave this building.
3: But, like, you're not dealing with like sticky, gross, messy paint.
2: Fine. I think she likes it.
3: Like, if I could have my own screen printing studio, I would do it. It could be on the premises of my house, but not in my house. Like, if I had like a back little house or we converted the garage completely, that would be awesome. But I don't want to be like smelling chemicals and paint and. Goopy stuff, you know, it's messy. Computers don't smell.
2: Well, until you have that money and you have the opportunity to build a separate space or build a space in your own home, you won't know. Mm. Because she could do anything she wants.
3: Agree to disagree.
2: No, I will not. For all
3: intensive purposes.
2: I will not do that.
1: I just have to. It's just
2: okay to be wrong.
1: No, I feel like I need to point out that Laura is the one that actually does have an art studio, and it's on her premises, and she is an artist.
3: And it's in the garage. um,
1: (laughs) But
2: Laura, Laura doesn't have the opportunity.
3: Oh man! If I had the opportunity,
2: right, you would, but then you might find that you miss it. Be
3: so awesome.
2: And and you are not, you are not pretentious. Number one. And number two, you are not trying to like put on airs like Maud is. Maud is pretending to be somebody she's not. And I feel like part of her shtick is to like live in the same space she does her art because it's not like like I said, it's not over here's my art and over here's my life. I feel like this is it's almost like her life is a performance. And if they're not integrated, then like the performance breaks down. So that's where it's different. Yes. Laura is the resident artist, but I I think that's where that breaks down. Mm. I
3: still don't agree with you, but I do have a question, which I don't know if you guys mentioned in the last podcast, but in the beginning of this minute, we see this guy with shorter alls on as one of our assistants, and it really needs to be mentioned.
1: That's what you call them, shorter alls? Yeah.
3: They're overalls, but they're shorts, but so they're, they're shorter alls.
1: Is that like a thing you have down in Texas?
3: No, that's like from middle school. Shorteralls.
1: Wait, middle where'd you go to Oh,
2: that's right.
3: They <laughs> existed.
2: Well, yeah, but you also had tag sales instead of yard sales. So yeah, shorter thing. I take everything you thing. say from that area just of like the country culottes. with a grain of salt. Well, I know what a cool lot is, but shorter all.
3: Maybe it's a I made up word, no. I just Googled it.
2: I'm sure it's a real word. I'm just saying it didn't exist where I grew up.
3: Oh, I think it did.
2: But we all knew that you grew up somewhere. Oh now else. see
3: the internet is telling me there's short alls. Short alls.
2: I prefer shorter alls.
3: But shorter alls, I think you need to have Yeah, the overall, in there.
2: coverall. It's gotta shorter-all. be three syllables. It's gotta be three.
3: Well And it- if you search shorter alls and then you look at images it's there's this weird guy who keeps showing up wearing lots of shorter all's
2: okay let's let's google some disturbing shorter all i don't want to do this
3: but shorter all's are real but anyway this this guy like i wonder i feel mod also had these her assistants she made them wear those outfits as part of her well
2: they didn't you're right they didn't choose to wear the same exact outfit So
1: she invites these assistants into her domicile?
2: I think they get paid to just be there all the time, to live in her home there with her.
3: They're like assistants for her art and for her life? For For her
2: performance. You Don't separate her life and her art. Mm. They're assistants for her performance, which is both together. I feel
3: like, is she filming her painting? I feel she should be if she's not.
2: She's probably filming the whole thing. Like the Truman Show. Like autobiographical Truman show. It's filming the dude. Films uh, Knox Harrington when he stops by. It's all getting filmed.
3: Oh well Knox Harrington is a video artist, so maybe he's doing the filming for her.
2: Yeah, he probably installed the cameras. I want to point out that, uh, so I'm paused here on 44, 42, because I wanted to look at the kick-ass range hood back there. But you can see behind him, uh, screen left, there was like another period of time where apparently Maude had some canvases tacked to the wall or something, and she was like throwing paint and like spraying and splashing paint against the canvases, but it was like hitting the wall there like three different times. Just wanted to point that out. I had the same glasses, glassware, that Mod has. In fact, I might still have a couple of these. When the dude first comes over, and you can see the bottle of Smirnoff, there's a bottle of Bacardi, and it looks like it might be a bottle of Dry Vermouth. It's at like forty-four twenty-five? There's these like... Very fancy glasses. And there's a lot of them. One, two, three, four, five, at least six there. I had those. My mom gave them to me. Same exact glasses. I've made white Russians in those very glasses before. There's a pre-vagina chin set that Maud does too. Moving right on from that, I can see that's not going to inspire much discussion. A pre-vagina chin set at 4404 so Maude's getting ready. This has all been a build-up for her laying the vagina bomb on the dude to see how he reacts to her saying the word vagina, which bothers some men. word itself makes some men uncomfortable. 4404, she sets her chin before she says it. The word itself makes some men uncomfortable. Boom, she sets her chin. Vagina. Like, she really wanted to, like, make sure she delivered that straight into his brain hole.
3: It's a very forceful... It is. She's a powerful woman. Very forceful vagina.
2: Vagina. Vagina.
3: I feel like, actually, if you set it like that, you kind of have to do that.
2: Yeah. You set your chin.
3: It's very... Vagina.
2: (laughs) Another power move on her part.
3: I feel everything she does is a power move. She's very, you know, very calculating... Everything's
2: yep. been thought out. Um, real quick, we gotta we gotta wrap this up real soon. But I just a couple more things here. We um I like how a little bit of a visual note, I like how cinematographically it starts there's this whole vagina moment. Johnson, this back and forth, and the camera's very still and they're framed up dead center. Maud dead center, dude dead center, back and forth. No movement. Now we move into the living space. Camera's tracking with them and moving all over the place. So it's like just more vaginal buildup where, hmm, vagina. Now we can move again. So it's another one of those uh, mental sort of palate cleansers where you have a moment. I mean, she just came swinging out of the rafters, splashing paint everywhere. We saw her naked little mental palate cleanser. Keep it still. Keep it calm. Now we can go back into some movement. And get well, I don't know if it was again.
1: calm. I mean, the way she's—it's—it's it, it's similar to her pre-vagina chin set. Like she's just square on there, right? Like it's almost confrontational. Like it's you're dead on.
2: Someone pointed out they have to plan those things out. You know, when they storyboard it. They're planning all the movements, so they're thinking about these things. Why did the titular Lebowski tell Maude about this plot, this kidnapping and all this? How did she find out? He had to tell her. I mean, I know he embezzled the money from the little Lebowski Achiever Fund, so she'd know about it that way, but then she had to go brace him, be like, where's this million dollars? And then he had to tell her, Bunny was kidnapped. This isn't you think she just figured
3: did she just figure it out when he claimed that she was kidnapped that she just assumed that she was he was lying to her
2: I don't know if she assumed he was lying she assumes it's not true somehow right. whether she assumes he's lying I don't know
3: Well she knows I mean it doesn't come out in this minute but you know it's that she she knows her dad doesn't have any money and that he's constantly going above his budget. So maybe she just assumed that he was lying, and they obviously have a strained relationship so that.
2: Yeah, she, she has. She to. knew he
3: was lying, and this is just another ruse to, you know, get more money. I don't know.
1: Doesn't, isn't she blaming Bunny through this whole thing, through this scene?
2: It's a little weird. This another way the plot starts to break down, and I guess doesn't matter as you're introduced to all these crazy characters.
3: I feel the plot matters. It just, it just, the plot matters. It just takes a few viewings to figure it out. Are you
2: saying the plot matters? How does the plot matter?
3: The, I think the plot does matter. I think, though, you know, the Coens just see plot as a fluid thing sometimes, that it, it works itself out in the end. You just might have to see the movie a few dozen times to figure it out all out and have it all fall into place.
2: I'm saying the more I watch this movie, the more I realize that there's only a plot for about the first half or maybe less of the movie. And then it just completely unravels and ceases to matter. And they've said as much in interviews and a little bit in the book. It's like, yeah, it wasn't really about plot. It just we didn't really care so much. We just wanted to have a bunch of crazy shit happen. And introduce a bunch of like zany characters and just have that be the thing that people watch. Because it mirrors the big sleep in that, that I didn't finish it the most recent time when I promised to read it. Maybe I'll do that. I doubt it. But that book was also like more about look at the guy and all of the crazy, shitty encounters. And nothing really wraps itself up. And this is the same way. I think, like, trying to hyperanalyze, like, how Maud found out and what the titular Lebowski said to her and how he's covering his lie up. It doesn't matter. Blah, blah, blah. It doesn't. None of that doesn't matter. Maud swinging from the rafters, slinging paint around, talking about vaginas. That's all that matters. And it's funny it, and you watch it. Exactly. Laura? Yes? Thank you for being with us.
3: Thank you for having me. It's been a delight.
2: Hasn't it been a delight?
3: It has been a delight.
2: You know what else is a delight? What? Your fantastic creations. Now's the time when you pimp your fucking shit.
3: All right. So I have a greeting card and household goods business called Fisk and Fern, Fiskinfern.com.
2: Fiskinfern.com.
3: That's right. And has silly and strange illustrations, especially featuring funny food characters like bacon and pancake. And piso. who doesn't love
2: bacon? God damn it.
3: Everyone loves bacon.
2: You can forever. reach us. You can reach Fiskinfern at one 88 That's one eight <laughs> eight fiskinfern.com. That's right. Again, that number was one eight eight eight. Biscaynefern.com. There you go. Your shit's been pimped. Pimp it. Brad, Brad, how you doing? There, you've been quiet.
1: Well, I've just been having some technical problems.
2: Well, we, I think look on the bright side. We didn't even notice you weren't there, so
1: yeah, I figured at some point it was best to keep my mouth shut because <laughs> every time I tried to talk, the connection would cut out.
3: I hope this connection issue wasn't me. I apologize for making it difficult. If it was. We it usually was, don't have such issues.
2: It was all your fault.
3: I know. You
2: now, as soon as you start ins- insisting that like Maud doesn't live in her studio space, oh, it she all went totally to shit. Totally
3: does not live in that space.
2: She rolls around in that paint. She loves smelling like oil Ugh, paint. Gross. Yeah, she loves it. Turpentine. Mm. Yeah. Paint thinner. Good shit. All right, my lovelies.
1: It's been a pleasure as always. Yes, it's been awesome. Thank you again, Laura.
3: Thank you guys. Please
1: please come back again soon and join us.
3: I would love to. Maybe... Well, we got, we can got some I return more mod the...
1: goodness.
2: Yeah. Yes.
3: I want right? to return when uh what's his face? The the laughing Nox guy comes
2: Harrington.
3: Back. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no What's with this guy? <laughs> please. I beg of you, can I return for that? The so
2: ball's good. over there. Um, <laughs> Alright, Excelsior, All right. my friends.
3: Peace out. Peace. Poop deck.
1: <laughs> Next time on gutterball. Listen, Maud, um, I'm
2: sorry if your stepmother is a nympho.